No, but it would be thank you for fo- following our travel. I, yeah, see, see this remember. is what I'm talking about every time. <laughs> and I've written it down yeah. too. Okay, yeah, no, I get what you guys mean. That's yeah, it's really hilarious. Funny. It's like, thank you for joining our trouble and thank you for following our tempo, and that's it. Yeah, that's a good catchphrase. Yeah, I kind of feel like that was somebody's cat. <laughs> I'm hoping my dog, like, doesn't bark at all, like, during this, but she seems really calm right now. <laughs> we're, we're fostering a cat, and she, like, just... Uh, like she had kittens like eight weeks ago. So she like, they had to separate her and she was going through heat the other day. And I was like, sh- I was like, I love cats, but I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm like, girl, like I'm going to lock you in the laundry room. Like <laughs> I didn't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Ray, I feel you. Um, so I think, okay, so it's thank you for joining our treble. Thank you for following our tempo. Okay, so which one would you like me to say today? Right? <laughs> <laughs> which one would you like? I'm going to open say it today? up because I want to get it out of the way and just be done because I love okay. it so much. Yeah. So thank you yeah. for joining our treble, correct? Okay. Yes. So, in case everybody is wondering, we would like to welcome you all to Sonic Dorms. Thank you for joining our trouble. Thank you for following our tempo. Yep. And on today's episode, very special episode, we're going to do something that we're going to try to make a habit of, which is having a special guest with us and perhaps discussing some of the recent things we've been listening to. And on this episode, we have Ash with us to... Um, join us and discuss her own favorite uh, recent um, songs that she's been listening to. So thank you for joining us, Ash. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's all about bringing everybody together to talk crazy, geeky, nerdiness about music, right? So here we are. By the way, I'm jacked on caffeine right now. So if I sound a little crazy that's crazier than usual that's why too much coffee it's funny because you're you 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 always sound so temperate so you saying you sound crazy right now is is funny (laughs) i i'm i feel the the vibes the the hyper caffeine vibes yeah they're they're the lightning the caffeine lightning is coursing through my veins right now (laughs) <laughs> but anyways, where where do we begin here? Do you have any suggestions, Dandelion, how we should uh, organize this so that we don't sound like three crazy people just talking over each other? Well, I think I would like to start with the one of the songs you sent me. I think you sent it to me yesterday yeah. um, by this are they a band or they're an artist called martika yeah Mar- martika is a singer from i'd say the mid to late 80s early, early 90s. 90s yeah she uh yeah. well this this song came out i guess in in the early 90s from what it says mm-hmm. on the on the track uh called love thy will yeah. be done and uh you sent it to me and uh I I love that kind of beat like 
a more popular like song that has that kind of beat would be um with or without you by you two it's like just this like building um i don't know how to describe it like rolling beat that is very like a um very common not common but uh common in the 90s like it just was this uh, awesome beat and then you told me uh who had produced it and i i it's like puzzle pieces came together and i think i've listened to it maybe like 10 times since you sent it to me <laughs> yeah that's that's probably one of those like hidden gems which is weird because it's it's so good but like i'm just like that's it's a prince song really and and it's just there's something about it that i think it's i rank it up there with some of his best tracks which is ironic that he gave it to her because you you think he would have kept it for himself but he did not he gave it to somebody i think that's pretty cool yeah oh prince wow yeah that's super interesting i didn't hear the song until um you sent me the playlist with the songs that you've been listening to. And I was like listening to it. I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. And I like the way the girl sings it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good. And um, I think that it's weird because like, I don't know if you knew this, but like Prince was like really prolific in the eighties and he would like write all these random songs and he'd give some of his best ones away to like other artists, like manic Monday by the bangles. That's a Prince song. I mean, like, um, yeah, and you're like, oh, what? Wow. Manic Monday was written by a prince? That's nuts. But I, I think he was infatuated with Susanna Hoffs, the lead singer. So I think that was his way of being like, you know, here, would you be with me now? <laughs> but no, he, but um, yeah, good stuff. Like he was, um, he was all about that. But it's crazy when you're like, wow, like he just gave this away to somebody. Like he was notorious for like, there's a story about how he gave this song called kiss to um, this band called Maserati, which was like a Prince offshoot band from one of his, um, I believe Andre Simone, who was like his bass player at one point in the early eighties, he had his own band by the mid eighties called Maserati. He gives kiss to them just because he was like, nah, don't like it. You guys can have it. They rearrange the song and make it like more aligned to what we now know as the kiss, the song kiss. And Prince hears what they've done with it. And he's like, I'll have that back now. Thank you. Because he's like, he's like, I like what you, I, what you guys did to my song is like 10 times better than my original arrangement. Now I'm going to take what you did with that song. I'm going to take it back and now record it myself. You're like, huh? Wow. So yeah, the, the, the kiss that you, that is now no well known was a rearranged version by his side guys, basically which he ended up becoming a fan of and taking back for himself. I love that story because it's a, re it's a true Prince story because Prince would do things like that. And that's why you love him. No, that's one of the reasons why you love him. Cause he was very Prince like, like that. And he'd do crazy things like that. Gotta love it. Yeah. He was a true original for sure. Are you a fan of Prince Ash? You and Tim? Um, I wouldn't say I'm a huge, like, mm -hmm. in-depth fan like that, but I do really like, you know, things I've seen, like his style and, um, you know, like his popular songs for the most part and stuff. Like When Doves Cry, that's one of my favorite songs by oh, him. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. 
And I remember um, when he played the Super Bowl one year. I like hate football, <laughs> but um, I tend to watch the what is it the halftime performance. And um, I remember when he performed. Like I forgot what year it was. I just remember thinking, "Holy crap! This is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen." Like just like the whole experience of the show, you know, and his uh, like showmanship and his charisma and everything. Like it was just. It looked like such a cool experience, and it's one of my favorite ones of, like, all time. Yeah, it rained. It actually rained that night, too, which is insane. You're like, huh? Yeah, it did. I and he's, like, he doing the guitar out. solo and everything. Um, my fa- One of my favorite songs of his was actually, uh, I mean, I love, I love Kiss. Like, don't get me wrong. But one of my favorite songs came out. A relatively more recently, I, I mean, I think I was like in high school when it came out, but I loved Black Sweat. Black Sweat, that's one you don't that's hear often. One, I loved that one. I that one that one like tickled me in places that that it should tickle you. I got you. Know you. I, mean? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, have to take I, a listen to that one. I don't remember that. <laughs> gosh, I love that one. It it wasn't like I don't think it was it wasn't like super popular. Like it 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 I'm looking to see when it when it came out. That was out. on the three one two one record, I think, right? That was like two thousand four or something, five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and um yeah, I don't know. I just liked the it was weird. It was just like it was Prince weird. And it didn't fit into like all the stuff that was coming out at the time. And I don't know. I just it sounded liked it. nothing like what was it's out a, in 2005 or whatever. Right. Like what was that at the yeah, time? Like that was like, you know, JT. JT was big in 2005. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Green Day was and, big. And some yeah. later. Yeah. But um, yeah, it wasn't. Go, it had like a it, it was no, cool. sorry. It was like very alternative pop like like completely one one way pop electronic pop and that wasn't like really as big um like the way he did it the way he produced it was not i feel like it was like a little beyond its time like something that would have been like cool to listen to now. I gotcha. And um, so now I'm going to move on to, cause we can make a whole episode on Prince. I think we, we just spent 10 minutes on Prince. Look at that. <laughs> but he, he does. It. He does. And now I'm just like, damn, we need to do a Prince episode one day. But um, <laughs> I'm going to now mention one of your tracks, Dandelion. I'm going to go with uh Suzanne by Hope Sandoval and the Warm Inventions, which is, uh, would you mind educating us a bit about this fantastically serene track? Sure. Um, I discovered it not too long ago, maybe a few weeks ago, because I, as some of our listeners know, I am a huge Mazzy Star fan. And I knew about this band, the um, Hope Sandoval's like newer band for a long time, but I never delved into the music because I was, I was like afraid it wasn't going to be like, it was going to ruin Mazzy star for me. 
like I, I don't have any examples, but you know what I'm talking about. Like if an artist like delves into a whole nother thing and it's just worse than what they originally did. I just, for some reason, I was afraid that that was going to happen. I, I put so much emotion into it, but then I just, I, I was actually, um, I, I had to make a face in a hole for my mermaid business. Ha ha. Um, and I just put on all of this, uh, all of this hope sound of all in the warm inventions, like all of her stuff that I could find on uh, Spotify and, and YouTube. And I was so pleasantly surprised. It's just like, it's like a, a sequel to all of the, the amazing Mazzy star tracks that exist. And I, I just really liked the, um, I mean, I always love her voice, but, I really liked the um, the opening line uh, of the song. Um, uh, let me see. Suzanne is waiting at your doorway, but all she does is waste your time. And she looks like my sister, but she feels just like my man. Like it's so interesting. Like I just found found those lyrics really interesting. Like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Um, and then she continues to say, and all the times I mean to tell her the cats in here are overflowing, obviously hit home, as you can hear that I have multiple cats. Um, uh, she pulls aside a four-leaf clover and makes me feel right on my own. I just, I just liked her lyrics. I always love her, her interesting, ethereal type of lyrics. And it was a very calming kind of vibe to it as as mazzy star normally is yeah that's a good one i really liked that yeah. I, I thought that i honestly i hadn't heard any of that material either so that was my first uh i'm obviously going to explore more now but yeah that was my first dive into that because outside of mazzy star I, I hadn't heard any of the uh, outside material mm-hmm. yeah and um, she's she's got an, a a bunch of other really good ones, but I just I've just particularly tacked onto these lyrics, so I I was I felt the need to put that one I in gotcha. there. What about Ash? Uh, Which one did oh Ash? Man. Did yes. You- yes. Um, I basically agree with uh what you were saying about how you're like, what the fuck does this mean? Because yeah, like it sounded really cool and like chill. But when I listened to that one part, yeah, when she was like, you look like my sister, but feel like my man, I was like, you know what? Like, <laughs> um, and yeah, and I had no idea that was the same singer as Mazzy Star or whatever. Because to be honest, I only know the one song by her, them, whatever fade into fade into you. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah. So um, I kind of thought the voice sounded like that familiar nineties nineties ish. Like yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah, but I thought it was a cool song and everything, but still like kind of confusing. And the lyrics are really interesting. Yeah, I just thought I just thought that it was. I loved the beginning lyrics because you like start hearing it and it's like this pretty guitar and you just think it's going to be like a nice relaxed song. And then there's just these weird ass lyrics in it. I'm like, ah, I'm into this. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens when you hear some uh, weird lyrics, just go for it. You're like, yeah, let's do this more, please. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, 
We'll yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pick out the first track on Ash's playlist for this week and uh it's a track that I was shocked as to like how like I was like wow, this is where'd this come from? It's called Dancer on the Water. Dancer <laughs> on the Water by Brother Tiger. Never heard of Brother Tiger before. Never heard of this track, but I immediately was like this sounds like a Howard Jones song. Howard Jones is, you know, is an artist from the eighties who did like, uh, things are, things can only get better. And all these other like new wave ish synth pop tunes that were really catchy. But, um, it sounded like a very sophisticatedly produced, genuine sounding like eighties pop tune, but like in the mold of like that, just like super polished sounding, super like, like I said, it's like sophisticated mid eighties pop music. And I was like, this is pretty good. I couldn't believe that it was a newer song. Cause it almost sounds like literally like it came out of like 85, 86. It was really weird. I was like, Oh, this came out like three months ago. Yeah. It's a, it's his newest song. Um, so I've been vibing to it a lot lately and yeah, Brother Tiger is not well known like at all. I think he only has like maybe a few thousand followers on Instagram. Um, but I think he has a bigger following like on Spotify, like monthly listeners. And um, yeah, I was just like listening to Tame Impala radio one day on Spotify and one of his songs came on. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, this sounds so awesome. And yeah, it does have like that 80s kind of like vibe, but like, yeah, really clean and um. I don't know. Like to me, it sounds kind of like with a modern twist in a sense, I guess, because Mm -hmm. of the technology that's been developed. Um, But yeah, uh, one of his biggest inspirations, actually, he said this on a Q and a that I saw recently. Um, He said was talk talk from the eighties. And yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, that like makes so much sense. And also um, tears for fears. And he actually covered the whole album from them, from the, the Big, Big Chair. Chair. That's cool. Yeah, songs from the Big Chair. And he um, did a cover of all the songs, like on that album, in his own way. Well, and it's so amazing. Like, oh my god, it's incredible. Mother's Talk, Ooh, like that's too. one of my favorite ones, and it sounds so different from the original, but in like such a good way. And um, he even talked about that too, saying about how he wanted to to make the songs his own while still like honoring the original tracks, you know, but not like exactly copying it in a sense. Dig that. So we're getting Brother Tiger on the show. We have to now. You had Tears for Fears. Oh I'm my like, God, yes. I haven't even heard this yet. I'm really like, yes. Yeah, it's incredible. And he's like so talented. Like he does all of the music himself, sometimes with this other guy. Um, but it's mostly like just um I don't know what his name is. I forgot. Like I said, I'm not as big of a I'm not as knowledgeable it's cool. no, as you it's are. Cool. It, it's all about, about everything. It's an open I mean, you don't I mean it's all about just you know, you, not everybody is like, let me read everything that goes on with these people. Like, let me know what what bicycle they were riding when they were five. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I try sometimes, but it's just harder. Like, remember all these small yeah. details. I don't know. I just yeah, like listen to the music, and I'm that's like, good. I mean, that's what. Mu- honestly, though, that is what music's about. It's about just listening to it and being like, oh my god. I think that when you the geeky thing is just like that's a niche thing. Like five percent of the planet <laughs> is just like, let me read about this. <laughs> Any any thoughts, Dandelion? Um, I well, I actually <laughs> I didn't listen to it because I I don't think was it on your playlist. It, yeah, it was it was on the other playlist, but it's oh. it's all good. What? I'm sorry. Which one? I sent you I sent you uh, two links, mine and Ash's. Uh, I just have <laughs> oh your. Oh my playlist. god! No. It's all right. I will. I will. Oh, yeah. you, you did. I'm sorry. I didn't even see it. I suck. It, oh, it's all right. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. Will, I will. I will uh, bring up uh, Ash's tracks, which you should check out because there's some stuff on there that I was like, I know this is kind of like it's funny. It's like we, we had been planning this for a while, but we were also like just jump like putting it together at the last second in a weird way, which is really weird. Right. Because that makes no sense. But. I mean, we're going to make this work. And uh, the the playlist, I think she put together a really good, solid set of tunes in there. I, I was shocked. Awesome. I will. I'm sorry. I like, I just saw it was like hidden between all of our texts. <laughs> I thought it was like a song no, you sent no, no. me. And I just, I'm, I'm an idiot sometimes. <laughs> so I can't really contribute to Ashes. Oh, I will. But I will okay. listen to them. I apologize. You still, you still there, um, Ash? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just. She's just so. I don't know letting you guys talk. You know, it's all good. She's, she's just offended. It's like how, how I'm dare so she? offended. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> yeah, especially because it is such. There great are some tunes. really. I was. I mean, I. I mean, <laughs> I love and I love how it ends. Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you how it ends out because we're getting there, but. Yeah. Um, so point being, I'm going to wrap that up by saying brother tiger rules and we're going to have him on the show because like you said, he's, you, you're telling me Ash that he doesn't have that much attention on him right now. So that, that yeah. tells me that I yeah. need to, to try to put a spotlight on, on, on brother tiger and, and talk about him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's like super unknown, but just not like, known i don't know if that makes sense like he has five thousand followers on instagram um and probably more and i think he has more listeners like i said on spotify but yes anything to like help yeah, him let's you know get this good music out let's and do help it let's people. do it so um <laughs> what's what's the next song that we're going to talk about dandelion um let's i kind of i'm like let's we should just go like like um on this list uh go like song for song that way we don't get like confused and jumbled up i mean if you want up to you should we go with, i know i put more songs on my list like than i should have but like you don't have to literally mark off everything if you want to go with like the five that really stuck out for for you and uh we'll talk about those five that's cool um i what one did i also i liked always there by 
yeah. uh, mm-hmm. saga. I liked how it had um, a little bit of a mix of like like bluegrass and and like alternative. And I know, like, I don't really like country, and I'm sorry if either of you do. Like, I, I mean, I don't hate country. Like, I'm not like absolutely no country, but it's not like I don't. It's not my go-to to listen to. But I do. I I think I respect like bluegrass a little bit more than I respect the way country has has currently turned out. Um, like the new stuff that's coming out. So I appreciated that it had that like flavor in it. Yeah, what's fun? What's funny is like that band. They're they're like a, a they hail from Canada, but they've been around since like the mid to late seventies. But they've had like a twenty two album plus career, and they've never stopped working, which is really crazy because like uh, they're really big in only Germany and funny enough Puerto Rico of all places. Um, which is really bizarre, <laughs> but I mean, like, really, like, of, like those two specific spots, okay. But um, they've always their biggest like key component in their sound has always been like the keyboards with the guitar kind of like synchronized, yeah. like counterplays between the guitar playing and the synths. But it it was like a classical music kind of edge to it, but. For some reason, they made this record that came out a couple months ago called Symmetry, where they basically reworked like a handful of their songs and gave them that sort of stripped down quality, removing the keyboards, removing the whatever, and just putting these like almost folky, uh, a folky twist to a lot of these songs. So the electronic element's completely gone. Um, and it's pretty cool because I, I don't know, it's, it's like, it's got an organic sound to it, but it also still, it retains that, um, that freshness to it too, where it's just like, I don't know, I dig it. So that song to me sticks out cause it, it, um, I think that kind of, uh, aesthetic, I think really makes the lyrics and mm-hmm. the, and the melodies shine more than if you heard the original, which was good too, but I thought I liked this interpretation. Yeah, I liked I liked that one. It was it was a good one. I saved it in my my own. Right on, right on. So, um, let's see. Speaking of your list, there is a song that I was like, "Holy cannoli! This one's really good." Um, which one was it? Sorry, I'm going through your list because you have some good songs on here. Obvious, obviously, obviously. Let's see. I'm gonna have to go with "Never Let You Go" by Moonwater and Ren. Yeah. Uh. So, Moon. Uh. Not Moonwater. Rin, the artist. Uh. She's. I think she comes out of California, and she's not. She doesn't really have to like. I mean, she's got a following. I just really like her voice because she kind of sounds like a little bit of a fairy um, to me. Uh, and she was on a, a show like a music con, con contest show for, Oh, Songland. Did anybody watch Songland? Uh, I, I've never heard of Songland no. before in my life. I have no yeah, idea what that is. He, it was like a, it was like a music, com- like a, a, 
a different version of like the voice. It was on in like 2019, but I had been following her, I think, I think maybe two or three years prior to that. And then she was like randomly on this, this show and did this song uh, called crowded places, which is also really, really good too. I'll send it to you both. Um, uh, but I, I don't even really know who, like I, I listened to some of Moonwater as well, but I, I really, this song kind of stuck out cause it's just this like soft, uh, piano. And I really like the lyrics to this song. They kind of spoke to me in a moment where I, I kind of needed, needed them. Um, and, uh, She's she's got this really like normally in most of her songs she's got this really cool electronic uh electronic fairy vibe and I'm all about female pop stars that are like that so I'm I'm definitely a follower. You can follow her on um uh on Instagram at Rin Sounds and she's I think she's dope. Right on, right on. Yeah, I thought that was really good. There's, um, again, like, it's one of those songs that kind of, like, takes you places. It's very ethereal sounding. Yeah. Um, and, she, I mean, she did, she did a song recently. I think the first song I heard of hers was called Islands, and it's just, it takes you to islands, you know? <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but she's got, she's got a pretty, uh, somewhat lengthy catalog for just being around for the past six, seven years. Uh, I definitely suggest listening to her, her first, um, her first EP was called Night Fires and that came out in 2016 and there, I think there was like five or six songs on there. Um, and I don't know. She's just she just does it for for me. It's like one of those artists that you wonder you wonder why they're not bigger or more like more people don't tack onto it. It's like are you not you know? I guess you really got to find the artists you like at this point. There's so many niches. Niche, Ni- niches. 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 I don't know. Niches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Niche. Niche. Nish Kanish. There's so many quiches. There's so many quiches. Yeah, exactly. Um, We love quiches (laughs) on this show. We love them. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This is great. So, um, Ash, I have to bring up one of your tracks. I love Solitude is Bliss by Tame Impala. Oh, yeah. Enlightening us with some Tame Uh, Impala knowledge. Um, as much knowledge as I know. Break yeah. It um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that song came out. Um, I think it was like, it was, yeah, 10 years ago this year. And, um, like the whole album, um, mm-hmm. inner speaker. And recently Tame Paula did a live stream of that whole album and he played it. Like I, I think like it was in Malibu. It was so beautiful. And, um, I hadn't listened to that album in a while. I'm like a huge Tame Paula fan and um but when i saw that that was coming up i was like oh yeah i was like i gotta listen to this and after i saw like the live stream i was like damn i was like i forgot how good it is so um 
so yeah, I've been just like listening to that album lately because I like played the hell out of the newest album he has. So, um, and yeah, Tame Impala is just one person, Kevin Parker, like he does all the music himself, which is like so incredible. And I think that's part of the reason why the track sounds so good is because it's just like one mind being able to just like put it all together. Not that like, you know, bands can't be successful, like, you know, with separate members uh, writing different parts, but I don't know. I think it's just like the way it flows and everything just. I don't know, go so well together in all of his music, just like every sound, um, the tempo. So, yeah, and I just love that song because, I don't know, just like the lyrics of it and everything, like, I don't know, I can have problems like expressing myself and like my feelings, but that was like one of those songs that I heard and I was like, damn, I was like, this is like so true and like really speaks to me and um. I don't know. It's just like a song that you hear it and it's like almost like you're expressing yourself in a way, even though you're not, you know, you didn't write this music or anything, but you hear it. And I don't know. It's like a way like you can express yourself by just hearing, like just listening to it, like yeah, music it's therapy, cathartic, you know? Right on. Sure. Yeah. I got to listen to this. I didn't do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so but you like you obviously i know you know tame impala though right so i mean there at least oh, you got yeah. that you can say hey i love tame impala do you like tame impala yeah oh, i do yeah they're popular on like brother tiger it's like the opposite like not popular versus like super hey, but there's there's one similarity here in that they're both awesome right like they both write great songs that's that's Oh my God, for sure. I was even saying like, um, I feel like Brother Tiger is like right on the same level as Tame Impala, like as far as like the way the music sounds, the quality, like, it's just like, damn, like Tame Impala is so popular and Brother Tiger is like not known by pe like by the mass, you know, um, yeah. the mass population and everything so maybe one day yeah knows? i mean i'm i i literally got your list i mean i got we you know we all got each other's list kind of like in the last second but i heard that one song i'm like i have to as soon as like we're done recording and like i mean in today tonight maybe into tomorrow i'm gonna definitely like do some research on brother tiger and, and see what's going on there or like how how far does brother tiger's career go and whatnot and i'm also going to be listening to that tim paula record I hadn't heard that whole album. I, that was the, I, it kind of, uh, I missed it when it came out. So. Yeah. Um, it's definitely worth listening to all of his albums are, they're just, I don't know. They're all like have the same type of like Tame Impala sound, but all the songs can be like, so, so different. And that's what I love about him is that it's never the same thing like over and over again. It's always like a bunch of different feelings and, you know, mindsets, I guess, going into each album. Right on, right on. So um, who's next? Am I next? Are you going to, are we going to talk about one of my tracks? I think okay. you're next. Um, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought Fool's Gold was was really cool. Oh, yeah. Did, did you get to hear that one, Ash? Fool's Gold by uh, Fitz and the Tantrums? Yeah, yeah. I listen to all the songs on both of the playlists, and as we've been talking, I've been listening oh, really? to them okay, again cool. at the same time. 
Yeah, like I have it like on low, and I'll just like play whatever song we're talking about to like refresh my memory. That's a good but, idea. Yeah, that one did stand yep. out though. Cool. Yeah, I really like the singing a lot. I thought it sounded really. Um, I don't know, just really catchy, like indifferent. You don't hear that type of singing, you know, that often. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sounded to me like um, kind of mm-hmm. 80s ish, but the music itself sounded like modern. Yeah, yeah. it's like a sense. retro modern thing. I don't know, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, I'm trying to think, it, it kind of had like the same air of, um, that song, uh, We Are Young by, who is that? Oh, Fun. Yeah. Oh, man, no way. I, yeah. I can't stand that song, but I, I see what you're going for. I remember <laughs> that song came out, though. There's, some, there's something similar, but it's not, It's not. I, I mean, I, I actually prefer this song, but I did love that song when it came out. It was, like, so 2010. <laughs> I know. I remember like, it everywhere. I was like, I was like, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> I used to hear that song like every single day when I used to work at um Tommy Hilfiger at oh, the no. Sawgrass <laughs> Mall, and I was working. Yeah, and every time I worked, they would play that song like I don't know, like fifty times because you know it was like a I guess a music playlist or whatever on a loop, and I was just like, oh god, turn this off. <laughs> It got so like just worn out. Can we can we talk about for one moment how when you work somewhere and they I understand them having like a loop of songs that they they have to have on to like keep the image of the store and stuff. But like, fuck, like that's like a different form of torture for (laughs) for the people that have to work there. That's like oh my god, yes. Form of torture. Like, how about you just pick a type of playlist that you want to continuously be on? It's fine if the songs repeat every like, you know, day, every couple days, every couple. But like, the same fucking playlist with the same songs on it is like, it's like funny because you'll start working somewhere and you'll be like. Oh, I like this song. I'm going to like put it on my playlist at home. And then like four days later, you're like, I fucking hate this song because I hear it at work and I'm listening (laughs) at home. Why did I do that? Oh, yeah, for sure. So relatable. I've had so many retail jobs when I was younger and it was like the same thing. Like I would get so tired of the music that they would play. And then if it was like a song that's popular on the radio and then I would hear it when I'm like not even at work, I'd be like, oh, my God, like just turn off this music. Like how you said, it's torture at that point. But yeah, that that fun song was definitely one of those. I remember loving that song when I first heard it, listening to it like 20 times. And then like for the next couple months, it was on the radio every time I turned it on. And I was like, I regret listening to this (laughs) as many times as I did. Yeah, you were like, this song is no longer any fun. And that was it. Yeah. Yes. That's Jack Jack Antonoff, Um, right? That's his band. Fun? Jack Antonoff, who would later go on to produce and co-write for like everyone from Lord to Lana Del Rey. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I have no yeah. idea who that is. Yeah, and I mean, we, we love Lana Del Rey on Sonic Dorms, don't we? Yeah, we're yes. always talking about Lana Del Rey. We always get into K-holes. We get into K-holes yeah, it's pretty about bad. her. We're like, we're like, yeah, Lana Del Rey, the perfect uh, medicine for when you want to snooze a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you saw her... Uh, that new album cover uh, that people were like memeing as hell about like the Pixar no, what or is whatever. That? The Daniel, you know about no. Oh my God. No. It was this big meme about Lana Del Rey because she like posted a picture on her Instagram and um, it looked like she had um, like just made it on Pixar or whatever, like edited herself on a phone app and made it seem like that was her new album cover. I'm not sure if it is or not, because honestly, I don't really follow her that closely, but I just saw everybody posting this meme and I was like, what the hell is going on? And I had to Google it and like, it explained it to me. And I like went to her Instagram to see it. And I was like, Oh my God, I was like, this does look like some phone edited, you know, random app. I'm looking uh, like Pixar or whatever. I'm looking. Yeah, right I gotta look now. this up. I'm looking this up right now. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, if you look up Lana Del Rey picks art, that's what I found. And there was even like this meme going around that said like it was like one of those petition things, like sign this so that Lana Del Rey can never use Pixar again or whatever. What? <laughs> um, for for her new album, Blue Bannisters. Yeah, I just found like yeah. um, oh, there to, like the. The, one of the articles yeah it does look like she she did that herself <laughs> yeah I'm like with a filter and everything i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that that looks like it was professionally done <laughs> it's kind of like the complete opposite of like every album cover that she's had up to this point because you know yeah. the albums themselves i can say whatever, but the album art has always been like well done, well produced, well shot. Yeah. Well, definitely. And like, especially, especially her born to die. That was, she, I read that she, um, she used a picture that she found of her father at her age and just like copied it, which I thought was kind of interesting. And, Cool. Um, Ash, are you into um, Lana Del Rey by any chance? Um, honestly, like I used to listen to her. I'm gonna look her up right now because I can't remember the name of the album that I used to like. But this was like forever ago. I used to like listen to her. Um, I think she's chill, like a vibe, but like, um, I don't know when things tend to get like really trendy and like. I don't know, super popular. I kind of like then like stray away from the music in a sense. Like when that, when the song um, summertime sadness came out, that, that was like played to death. I couldn't stand to like hear it anymore, yeah. but um, I think I used to really like, yeah, like born to born to die. I think what was that song with like um, yeah. blue jeans? Yeah. Born to that? die. Right. That was born to die. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I used to like, like that song. Um, something about Pepsi Cola. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like hearing the songs in my head, but 
But I feel like, I don't know, didn't she have like an album before that album or something or like other songs? So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm not like obviously <laughs> that right. big in Lana Del Rey. Uh, Dandelion can tell you all about Lana Del Rey because, uh, you know, it's ironic that we talk smack about her sometimes, but you know, those early records is especially the first one. You're like, wow, this is great. Yeah. We just had a long conversation the other day about uh, how we miss her, her original like sound from her first album. And then she kind of, she surprised her fan base with, uh, with like ultra violence, which is her another, her second, her second album. And uh, it was like very vintage band sounding but it was still it was still good and it still had like rhythm and and beats to it and then she just kind of us like just ascended or descended depends on your your uh feeling about it taste (laughs) yeah and but it just like honeymoon it just kind of she just took like like drums out of like all of her sounds like it's just sleepy and like yeah her lyrics and her voice are beautiful but it's it's just sleepy and it just keeps getting like i feel like i'm being drugged if i listen from honeymoon on (laughs) and i'm like a huge fan like i love i loved like her whole indie queen thing when she came out but it just yeah it got but i really did like her cover of doing that was good i like that uh, because it had a a beat beat. in it (laughs) um and uh every so often there are like songs on the albums that i'm like okay this one's good but it doesn't mean it's i mean born to die just was that was it hold on look look at that we already we went we went on a complete lana del rey tangent again (laughs) <laughs> as we yep. do um but yes let's so who's who's, next? who's listening who's next? i think you're next Mine, my uh you guys pick which all right well I'm gonna... you listen to. i i have an idea i know one that i really liked um i think it was called pink pony or something like that oh. yeah that one's good yeah Yes, I love Pink Pony Club. Yeah, that one was really, really good. I love like the kind of twang in her voice and like the lyrics of the song and everything. It was just so good and so fun to listen to. Like as I was listening to it, I'm like, wow, this is really fun. I'm going to like go back and listen to this and, you know, dig more into this artist. That song, like, and I listened to more of that artist's music. She's got an amazing voice. Like her voice is like very pleasing to my ear. Pink Pony Club. I just, I don't know where I discovered it, but it just, and if you see the video, like watch the the music video, it's, it's, it's like works so well for, for, um, she like gets up in like a random like Western bar and starts singing this song and everybody is like, what the fuck? Um, but I love the lyrics of the song for me. It feels, and I mean, this is, I'm trying to be as positive as as possible when I say this, because I'm like all for it, but it feels like it's like the perfect, like gay anthem that like did not like nobody knows about it, but it's, Amazing. I love it. 
Yeah, hell yeah. And I noticed like um, on Spotify, like how they'll have the videos um, playing sometimes. So like loop during a song. Um, I'm guessing it was from the music video. And I saw like this drag queen that I really like pork chop. And I was like, oh, damn. I was like, yeah, I was like, the song is definitely like, yeah, like a gay anthem type of song when she's talking about being in West Hollywood and everything. You know, I was like, yeah, the song is LGBT for sure. And I I like... I, that's like the, another like song or another artist that I'm like, why hasn't this song like, like, like hit everybody? Like I know Billie Eilish is cool and like she's on. There's one song on Max list. Yeah, your power. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm I totally like she's definitely an artist. Like and she's definitely something to be watching and and listening. But like. Pink Pony Club, you're like, why hasn't this just hit the way that some of of uh, Billie Eilish's has? But then I think about Billie Eilish and some of her lyrics are like very unique and especially unique for like the Gen Z time. And like, oh, yeah. Look at me like sounding like such a millennial. Um, but <laughs> she, I mean, she is like she I definitely feel a separation from like her feelings to to like my own in like i mean what is she like she's like 20 now nah she's like fresh 18 i think oh, now. Really? okay yeah, look this up. We, we need facts what are your sources yeah. let's go let's hear them let's uh <laughs> i'm gonna look this up let's see she is yeah she's 19, 19. Yeah, 19. she's 19 so she's man born in two thousand and one. Jeez, like crazy. <laughs> um, I, I I think the only reason something like Pink Pony Club hasn't been like, like I feel like if that song came out in the nineties, it would have been on like radio stations all over. Like it, I don't know. There's just such a different a difference in the way music came out back then to the way music hits now. Um, but also I guess, I guess like the idea of pink pony club kind of, kind of maybe has been like somewhat done before in a different way. Like I feel like Britney, Mm -hmm. Britney Spears could have tacked on to that song back in the day and like made it huge. Or, well, somebody with maybe a little bit better of a voice. Maybe Christina Aguilera, for sure. Let's go. Yeah. That, I can that hear her bombastic that uh, vocal that she always lays out. Yeah. Whoa, there it is. <laughs> right oh, on man. point. Thought, how, totally. how would Britney Spears tackle that? I wonder. Oh, um... Well, it would be definitely be more like sultry. It'd be like a uh, pink pony club. <laughs> yeah, for sure. More babyish with that light voice. <laughs> the best. It's Britney Bitch. Whoa. <laughs> that's that's more like Carousel in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all kind of like in in a similar realm of each other. <laughs> Right, especially back in the 2000s kind of vibes. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Um so Ash, it's, we're going to Oh, 
Wait, okay, so I know this is for Ash, Ash's playlist. I do know the song La Luz by Kelly Uchis. Uchis? Kelly Uchis. Uchis. Okay. Uchis. There's Uches, so many different yeah. ways I've heard her name pronounced. I am a, a pretty big fan of hers, and I love that song. Good choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge Kelly Uchis fan. I've been a huge fan of her since, like, her first album. Like, my friend just told me about it, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is incredible. And, um... That song... Yeah, like, the sound of her voice is... Sorry. Which song? Loner. Oh, yeah, Loner, yeah. Because I'd rather be a loner. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about her music is that it's just so, like... I don't know. All of her songs are just so relatable and it just feels like, oh, so like true, you know, and so like passionate. And like, you can tell like she wrote the song herself and the way she's invoking like her emotions and like the sound of her voice and the sound of the music. And, um, and yeah, and this album that that song is on is her first like fully like, um, like, latino like in spanish album mm-hmm. it's like incredible like it was so good and like you can tell like these are her roots and everything and the yeah. songs and like that same passion and oh i'm a huge fan of hers i love her so much I love, like i love that she mixes like she's very representative of like what i personally think I think, I mean, I definitely think America should be bilingual with English and Spanish because there's so many people that are, I mean, the world, in the world, there's 500 million people that speak Spanish. It's like Europe and, and like South America and Central America. And I just feel like it's like a, a great culmination of, of like being um, like American because she speaks English really well and she speaks Spanish so well and she just kind of spanglishes all of her music and not to say nobody else did before but she's doing it in a way where like it's 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 like the mainstream of now oh yeah like telepathia is that song like goes places for me Oh my god, yeah, for sure. And it, it was crazy. I remember the very first day that that album came out. As soon as it dropped on Spotify, I was like, I have to listen to this. Like, I was so excited because she had already dropped like La Luz and um, yeah. like I forgot one other song from the album. I'm like, oh my god, like this is amazing. And um, I'm like listening to it, and I'm like just so like, oh my god, like Caliuch is like you've just hit like such a pinnacle of like you know like this amazing music that you create and um yeah and then like a few weeks later or so is when the song telepathia like caught on super hard and got so trendy and i'm like seeing it all over tiktok instagram like everywhere and i was like holy crap i was like yeah she's really blowing up and that song's been on like um like has been number one on the latino billboard charts i think it is on like spotify for like i don't know like weeks now get it and I agree, it totally, like, represents, like, 
you know, what America is now in a sense, kind of like what America has always been, you know, for a long time now, you know, since like the early 1900s, I would say of like, you know, Latino immigrants like moving here Mm -hmm. and everything, but especially like, yeah, now and everything. And, you know, people, there's so many people that speak English and Spanish and are, you know, mixed with like, you know, like white and Hispanic or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just such a common thing. And, um, yeah, it's just totally such a good representative of just that. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Just so many people. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I literally like agree with everything that both of you have said. So I'm just like, if I talk, I'm going to just uh, repeat what you guys just said. So, <laughs> <laughs> but excellent points there about how like, yeah, it's, um, more people should be bilingual, huh? One hundred percent. Like, I mean, every pretty much every other country in the world, like they're usually learning English because it's it's become so. I mean, over overtly popular. I mean, when I went to Europe. There were like different levels of, of each country and in, ha- in their knowledge of, of English. And I would say like Germany and Holland, um, they, they knew English like the best, like out of most of the European countries. But then when you get to like Greece and Turkey and stuff like that, it, their, their English is a little broken and the mm-hmm. Mediterranean countries, it's, it's still pretty good. Like it's, it's it's more than what I know in any other in any other language. Like I can't go to France and just like kind of stumble through speaking French, but they can stumble through speaking English, which is better than I can do. And I think there's so many countries. Like even I'm in Japan right now, and and the Japanese people can at least like somewhat stumble through English to where you can understand them, but. Like, fuck, I don't know any Japanese. Like, I know arigato. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, I've tried to learn, but it's like, if it's something that needs to be ingrained when you're young. And America, in America, they don't start teaching Spanish and, and French and Italian or Latin until you're 12. And that's when your brain is already like, like it's stopped developing. So why would you start teaching kids at that age? <laughs> like, why don't you start teaching Spanish in kindergarten or like French or whatever? It just, I don't know. I think America has a lot to, to deal with. Not just that. I mean, there are probably more important things that America needs to deal with first, but that thing of, of education, like let's, how about we just like, like keyhole that in there that like we should also be, bilingual people in fucking switzerland know four languages five get out of here that's nuts a gird i agree i agree with you for sure yeah anyway let's get back Back to music music. (laughs) (laughs) all right so what what are we going with next uh you can pick out a couple select like we can i guess amongst ourselves pick out a couple more selections from our, our own respective list and then we can maybe uh leave it at that um so we just did ash let's look at max yes. 
Maximalist. I, uh, speaking of Billie Eilish, Your Power, that's a pretty new yes, one. Yes, that's, that's the, the first, first um, single, right, from the, from the new record, which will be out very soon. Yeah. Ironically, very powerful. Yeah, I don't know if uh, you've seen, uh, either of you have seen the video yet, but the video is very powerful itself. No, uh, I haven't. But I yeah, she's definitely. basically getting strangled by a, by, by a snake. And the snake is used to, you know, represent, um, you know, just like the, uh, the abuse that all these like male dominant figures in the music industry have over or have had over women. Uh, for the longest of times, and um, basically, she's just voicing her opinion on how all that uh, needs to be stopped because that's no good. It's a very powerful yeah. statement. Yes. Wow. Now I want to watch. Yeah, it. it's pretty cool, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, and yeah. Like, once again, she's collaborating with her brother Phineas, who is also well on his way to making a name for himself as both a solo artist and as a producer slash songwriter for other artists. I didn't even know her brother does music, but yet again, I don't even listen to Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Her brother is like the mastermind behind her, her music. Like he, the, the first record was all written and recorded in, uh, I believe, her bedroom. And he was he was the producer. Oh, wow. So he, he would um, write some music and then she would kind of like, you know, whatever she felt resonated with her, she would start to like mess with, add her, her own melodies and lyrics to the music that her brother was working on that she felt would... Um, she could apply herself to, towards. So uh, it's pretty interesting. It's a, so it's definitely a brother sister. Uh, awesome thing going on there. That's really cool. And it continues on to the second record, uh, which they're also working together again. Cause why, why mess with the, uh, nice. what's not broken, you know, but um, yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah. Happier than ever. That'll be out July 30th. And uh, this song, your power is the latest single off of that. And it's uh, pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely. I'm not the biggest Billie Eilish fan either. I'm not too crazy about the whispery vocal thing that I feel like a lot of other people are trying to, like, go for now, too. But I think that she's really coming into her yeah. own now. And um, there's definitely some – we were talking about Mazzy Star earlier. There's uh, You're going to hear some – there's a little Mazzy Star on this track, on this track uh, as well as maybe, a, a, again, another someone that we – someone else that we had mentioned earlier. There's a bit of Lana Del Rey in there as well. So, yeah. yeah, check it out. Oh, Lana. Um, all right, so on my list, what 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 stood out to you? Either Ash, you want to take this one or next? I'm sure if you want. I mean, I did the last one, but um, let me look. Oh, of course, Kim Petras or Petras? How do you say that? I have no idea. I think Pet- Petras. Petras. I yeah, I already knew this song and I was like, oh hell yes. I love her so much. Like, oh my god. Epic. But yeah, but this song is like one of those like girl power bangers that's like, yeah, you're not gonna find anybody better than me. So, you know, 
<laughs> fuck you basically and everything and yeah and just like feeling yourself and feeling confident oh i love it yeah i love that song I agree that 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 was one. Of, funny that. enough, uh, Ash, that was the one that I was gonna pick had I chosen uh, 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 something off that list. Next, that was a that was a highlight for me off of uh, your list, Dandelion. Nice. I'm happy to hear it. I hadn't heard <laughs> that song beforehand, though, so that was that was new for me. It's just such delicious female pop. And we all know oh, yeah. how I feel about that. I know you. You're you're like the you, you wave the flag for all female driven pop, especially yeah. of the late '90s, early 2000s. Right? Hell yeah! It's it's hard for me to find like new new uh, female pop artists that I truly respect. I do really like Zara Larson. I think she's got some some good bangers. I don't like her newer stuff. Like, I don't think it hits the way that actually she just came out with an album and I haven't listened to most of it, but there was some good stuff, but I love like uh, the song she has so good and ruin my life was pretty good. That was that, that did it for me. And uh, as far as other female pop artists recently, I don't, I don't know. Like, that's really it. I feel like Zara Larson is like kind of a second coming of, of Robin for me. Yeah. Like in a different way, like a new age. So I respect that. Right on. I, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think um, what, what I miss a lot from like female, uh, you know, driven pop music is the, the singing Maybe I should say like the, 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 and the great songs, I think the great songs are missing a bit. Like when I hear like some of what's coming out now, they, a lot of it sounds like I'm just listening to tracks. I'm not really hearing like songwriting anymore or like really memorable um, melodies. I'm just like, it's kind of just like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's, it's good in the moment. And then it kind of, you kind of forget about it like two seconds later. And there, nobody's really yeah. singing. I'm like, well, who, where's the singing? And then there's a lot of like auto tune or just a lot of trickery going on with the with the vocals. I'm like, where's? I just want to hear a good song with like a decent melody for once. But it's cool, like when you hear like a really strong, anthemic, memorable pop song that's just like very boisterous and loud and 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 unabashedly yeah. just itself and, and wonderful. And there's a lot of that now. It's just all like doomy and gloomy and just like my life stinks and that kind of attitude. Like everybody's just really emo <laughs> now. Like I'm just like, I, I can do a little bit of that, but like, there's too much of that right now. There's too many artists doing that. I mean, I, everyone's like got a sad life. I'm just like, where's the, where's the cheery stuff? Bring me someone who's like the, the antithesis of, of, of the gloomy pop, you know, stuff. And I think we need some more positivity you know with with the songs yeah. uh, that's i have to disagree with you though um i don't think all pop music sounds like really emo i don't know and even if a song does kind of sound like sad it it doesn't have to be positive because that's the way like i don't know i think that like people can feel you know a lot of the time but if it's like a song with like i don't know like i'm sad but i feel sad for 
this valid reason, I guess. I don't know. I don't think music always has to be like, especially in pop music always has to be like cheery. I think it can be like emotional and feeling a certain type of way because I don't know, so many people like go through that and that can help somebody I think feel better. Like I said, like, I don't know, music can be so like therapeutic and, um, I don't know, like, for example, like, the Lady Gaga album, she can have some really, the newest yeah, Chromatica, like, she has some sad songs on there, but then she also has songs that are, like, yeah, like, really, like, empowering, or, like, really positive, you know, so, I don't know, I like music that can invoke, like, a sadder type of emotion, and I feel like that makes people feel like, oh, it's normal for me to feel, like, this way, especially with, like, how bad, like, mental health can be for certain people in a sense. No, yeah. I, I agree with you so. on all that. I, I just, I, I want, uh, like, I like, I like a balance. So like, if there's too many artists that are, that are out there in the mainstream, like with just that, I, I kind of like as great. I, and again, the songs like Lady Gaga, Chromatica has a good balance of like songs that are very like hard on the sleeve, uh, emotionally driven, um, that I love and, and great songwriting. Uh, but there's some really anthemic positive stuff on there too. So I like that. I like the yin and the yang mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. So, uh, once I, I get too much of one thing, I kind of want like a, a contrast to that, uh, person. But yeah, I, I yeah. Do, don't get me wrong. I love, I also love pop songs funny enough where musically it's upbeat, but lyrically you're like, wow, this is really dour. I love that juxtaposition too, like in a song, which is, uh, yeah. you don't get a lot of that. But when I, there's songs out there that you're like, wow, this is really upbeat. But like, you listen to the words and you're like, oh. Yeah, those songs can mess with your mind. You're like, holy yeah, crap. I'm, like, I'm I didn't know that this feet. song was actually that, feet, but... you know, <laughs> emotional. Exactly. <laughs> What's your take on that, Dandelion? Um, I, well, as you know, I love Lana yes. Del Rey. Uh, so, I, I mean, I really, I, I agree. I, any song that can truly evoke an emotion, I'm, I'm down for. But like you said, Max, I think there are a lot of songs that are like, just like come out on a conveyor belt and they're just like, all right, this one's sad. And we put a bunch of like sad words and like ideas in it, but it's not from something like, like you said before, Ash, like Callie, U- Uchi- Kelly Uchis. Uchis, like she, like you can tell all of her songs are like from something. And I think that that's really important. I think uh, the American push, pushing out just songs to push out songs and make money has ruined. Mm-hmm. Music really is supposed to be uh, pushing out an emo, like a real emotion and uh, not to not to sound like I think I sound like I'm smart, but I think the first song that really ever existed was technically the epic poem of the Odyssey, and that was a very emotional thing to read when when you can kind of understand it. I mean, I needed like things to kind of translate it for me, so maybe I'm not really that smart, but that's what song is. It's supposed to be like bottling a real emotion so i i i anything that is a real emotion i would rather listen to that than just something that 
sounds like it was cookie cutter made to mm-hmm. was was like sad or happy. I think it's easier to make a happy song than than a real like truly emotive sad song or angry song. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I feel like a bunch of the songs that I've written as an artist are more towards like the sad or um heavy feeling just because it's easier to write something that when you're feeling it that way like when you're happy you just feel your happiness and like yeah you can put it down on your on a piece of paper but i'd rather just feel it in the moment than than have to like sit down and write it down but with with sadder emotions and and angrier emotions or melancholy emotions i think it's it's good to write it out even if it's just journaling so that's kind of how my my music came out but in normal like in real life i'm like a really happy like i try to be kind type of person but my music you would never think that because some of it's like very sad <laughs> but that's just a way to get it out yeah the way you express yourself and yeah. everything Definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna pick a song here off of Ash's list that I can't go and like, you can't wrap the show up without mentioning because this is one of my this is from one of my all time favorite films of all time, and I'm talking about Threshold from Sex Bomb, right? Off of Scott Pilgrim <laughs> yes. versus the World, which um, is written and performed. Uh, I don't know if uh, a lot of people know this unless they're like diehards into the film, but uh, the songs written, you know, for the band and performed by the band are actually written and performed by Beck, which, uh, which is pretty cool. Oh, I love Beck. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Beck is the lead singer of Sex bob which is the, you know, the main band that the title character, Scott Pilgrim, is in. Uh, but yeah, that, if, if you haven't watched that film, uh, if anybody hasn't watched that film, they have to watch that film. It's a, it's a great film. And it, to me, it was like way ahead of its time, maybe like five years ahead of its time. Cause when I, th- I thought that movie was going to be like a smash hit, like when it came out in the theaters originally, like in what year, what year was that Ash? I know I knew you would know off the bat. So yeah. So thought we were like seven times like <laughs> last week, right? During its one week, uh. Um, I wish I saw it seven times. I saw it four times. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) That was as many times as I could get to it. And friggin' movie tickets are so expensive nowadays, too. Like, oh my god. I think for, like, one ticket, it was, like, 25 bucks with, like, taxes and fees and this and that. Like, yes! I was like, what the fuck? You're telling me, like, it was at least 20-something bucks. And I was like, dude, like, but I was like, I don't give a fuck. And like I said, I went, I saw it four times. And, <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, total cult classic. Because, yes, it's, like, popular, but it's not, like, oh, my God, like, everybody loves it and everybody knows it. Like, you have to be, like, a real, like, I don't know, like, movie and, like, music junkie to, like, know, like, this 
like whole album in this movie. Like everybody I met that loved this movie too also like are always like, oh my God, the soundtrack, the soundtrack, because it's just one of those that's like from start to finish the movies. Like I like to say this about like TV shows and movies. I'll be like, oh, the whole thing was a quote. Like you can quote the whole thing because it was just so many good lines and everything. And it's like the same thing about the music. Like all the songs on the soundtrack that are like performed by like sex bomb, you know, quote unquote. And like, um, the random artists that are on there, like the songs that are at certain points in the movie, like it just fits in so perfectly. It makes the movie so much better, you know, like that scene and what's going on in it, just hearing the song with it. It just has like a whole experience with it. And, um, and that song threshold that I have on my playlist, um, it's during like this really epic scene, um, in the movie when like they're having like this battle of the bands kind of thing except they're both on at the same time and they're going against like this crazy big like I don't know I, they're not even a band they're like two like DJ dudes with a keyboard or some shit they have like a million amps and so they're like um, basically like beating the shit out of like Sex Bomb because they're like you know a regular band with just a few amps and everything like a handmade sign up and stuff and um and the movie's like a video game in a sense and like as they're playing like they make like these creatures appear and they're like fighting each other and it's it's just so epic and so amazing and the song is just so good and like goes so well with the whole scene and the whole vibe of the movie it's incredible Oh, I could yeah, go on forever uh, about, uh, <laughs> about have Scott you, have you seen, have you seen uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World Dandelion <laughs> Uh, I, I did. I, it's, it's great. Oh, well, there you go. Isn't it awesome? Now, like it's the best. Like <laughs> I, I, like you said, Ash, it's incredibly quotable. The soundtrack rips. I love the originality behind literally everything. I love just, I love every character and every actor in that film has the perfect role for mm-hmm. them. Like no, like everyone in that movie, even yeah. the guy that's just like, yeah, the first album is better than the first album. And you're like, He's in the background one scene, just overhears conversations. Even that oh, guy yeah. is funny. Like everybody in that movie is just is a standout. Like, and you got people like Aubrey Plaza in there before she was like a big mainstream star. Like these actors, like just before mm-hmm. they broke big, uh, Chris Evans is in it, like in this like douchey guy role. Yes. I mean, it's well casted, like the best of the best. Like everybody in that movie is perfect. Oh and, yeah. Like, so yeah, kudos to Scott Pogram versus the world, which is, was written and directed by one of my all time favorite directors. Who's also a major music nerd, Edgar Wright, who did hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead. And um, yeah, uh, right. baby driver, which is all set to music as well. Great, great stuff. Right. That's my rant. I'm done. <laughs> All right. So what do you say we do? We want to do maybe one more off of each other's list and wrap this up. Sure. All righty. Yeah. So uh, whose turn is it? Uh, who did we just do? We just did Ash for uh, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Um, next. Let's see. Uh, I... We were um, talking last week about Paris Jackson, and I, uh, she did the you have the song "Low Key in yeah. Love" uh, that she did with mm-hmm. the Struts, 
and I was saying that I I appreciate her her voice and her her vibe because she while she is Michael Jackson's daughter, she didn't decide to go the way of of trying to sound or look or do anything like like Michael Jackson. She just kind of is her own type of artist, which I think is really cool. And she's got a great voice and she's really beautiful. Like I didn't, I didn't realize what she looked like until like recently. Don't think she looks like Michael Jackson, but I mean, I can see that she's his daughter, but she's like really super pretty and talented. And I liked the song too. Right on. Yeah. I, I love that band too. Like the struts I've been on board since like shortly after the first album was released in the States because it first came out in the UK, like exclusively in the UK. I think um, everybody wants is the name of the record. And then like shortly after they got signed to Interscope records in America. And then the record got like, had some new songs recorded for the American release and they released it over here. And then like shortly thereafter I got into them just in time for a re- right just before they were going to release the second record. And, uh, I, you, I mean, if you know what I'm into or some of what I'm into, I should say, you'll be like, oh, yeah, of course you would love the struts. Because I'm a huge fan of like Queen. Obviously, Queen's like my all time favorite band ever. And uh, I there's a lot of Queen going on in the struts, especially with the sing with their lead singer, Luke Spiller, who's like not only does he kind of look like Freddie Mercury in his like mid 70s heyday, but um, he also has a vocal uh you know, the, they have similar vocal tones. Uh, very cool. And he's also very influenced by Michael Jackson, which I guess is part of the reason why he was like, I'm sure it was a dream for him to have Michael Jackson's daughter on a, on a song with the struts. I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's where that came from, but yeah. And I, I met the guy, uh, after a strut show, um, about three years ago and he was really nice too. He was a really, really solid, humble guy. Uh, Luke Spiller. I mean, the whole band was, but um, awesome band. And I love just, again, they, they write these really catchy pop songs that also happen to have, have a rock tinge to them. But they're it's like really good power pop um, with like glam, 70s glam rock in there thrown in for good. Really oh, yeah, cool. for sure. Like, there's nothing really like that out there right now. So I think, but they do it in a way where I'm like, this is like a modern refreshing way of, um, having a rock band out there. Like they sound like they're giving a nod to the old school, but they also sound fresh and modern too. And they're kind of unafraid of trying new things. Like low key and love has like this, like is a very like almost like beast of bird and rolling stones kind of vibe to just like, there's not, it's not really a rock and tune, you know, but I like that. I love the fact that they're not afraid to go in these really poppy, like saccharin type direction. They can go in like a harder rock direction if they want. They can go in like a super, you know, they, they're just fearless to me. That's the kind of band that has rock band that has the ability to become mainstream and have kids maybe get into some like, you know, dare, dare I say like guitar rock oriented type music. Um, Cause it's got that pop, the super pop sweet melodies to them. They're really catchy and hooky, uh, which again, I'm not going to name any names, but like, Actually, I am. Can I name a name? There's a there's a band called Greta Van Fleet who are are like oh, the yeah. opposite of what I'm t- saying about the Struts. Like we're like they they are super like 
decide like disciples of Led Zeppelin, like to the point where they're like, they're just yeah. like, we want you to know that we listened to every Led Zeppelin album today, and we're just gonna like now play music and write songs totally reminiscent of Led Zeppelin, and not even I don't even know. I'm trying not to throw them under the bus, but I think they have potential. But there's just things where I'm just like, yeah, it's not, it's it's too similar it's too much of that it need it's not being filtered through any sort of in a way that's like modern and like says something new while still retaining that like nod to the past um so i'm like if you're gonna it's cool i mean everybody's influenced by something but like do something a little different with it you know so yeah mm-hmm. i love the struts <laughs> yeah i think i liked this song a lot what? I saved it. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> glad you dug it. Um, so now I'm going to, since Ash picked the last couple songs from your list, I'm going to pick one from your list, Dandelion. And I'm going to go with the la- I'm going to go with every time the sun comes up, which I believe was the last track you sent me uh, for your list. And that's by Sharon Van Eden. Right. And that was um, a really good, again, a song I had never heard before, but the melodies on that are amazing. I love the the beat in that song. It's like very, it's got like a 1960s kind of like vintage beat to it. Very heavy. And uh, I was saying that was like, <laughs> that was a song I used to listen to like when, when I was living back in the States and I used to smoke a lot of weed and uh, I was very depressed and that song just, you know, it was, it was a good song for the moments. I mean, we all have times of being depressed, but when I, when I was in a moment of depression, I used to love that song because it, it helped me through. I felt like it like narrated what was going on in my mind. Yeah. You know, that's, that's um the beauty of music too is like and ash mentioned this earlier as well as as far as like um these songs can be very cathartic uh in in a lot of ways and i think that's why music is so important and special because like it can cater to any uh emotion that we're feeling in the moment right yeah and And we were all no go ahead there you go no (laughs) Uh, we were also saying that uh, while it can cater to anything in the moment, sometimes it's it's good to be able to feel those feelings with those songs instead of putting those feelings on somebody else, like having them carry the burden of your your mm-hmm. sadness. Like you can just kind of get it out by feeling the song and relating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And yeah, like I said, I think music can be very therapeutic for people. Like, um, you know, like maybe you hear a song and it helps you clear up something that you've been thinking about or something that you've been feeling about or, you know, or like how you were saying when you're feeling depressed and you hear the song in the moment, like even though it's like it sounds depressing, it helps you like release those emotions and express that, you know, without having to express it yourself. You know, it just invokes that emotion in you. Yeah. Yeah. So I right totally on. agree. Uh, but yeah, thanks for sharing that one. I that's I saved that one. I think that's a really good one. 
It kind of reminds me a little bit of a mix of like Florence and the Machine, like kind of vocals with like, I don't know, sort of like Alana Del Rey, like at least her old music kind of vibe because it has that retro kind of feel to it and everything. Yeah. I don't know. That's just I like what that, I get yeah. from it. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Let's see. So now we are moving on. I, we're, I'm going to pick one last track from your list, Ash, that I really, really dug. That's cool with you. Yeah, right. for sure. So one that really of all like of that list that you sent me, the one well, there's one that I was like, wow, I love the sparse instrumentation on this one. It's um, still think by the Chrome sparks. Yeah. Chrome sparks. Yeah. That's, like uh i think it's like one guy too like brother tiger whoa what's going on I, I, there's a certain theme here, yeah, theme here right <laughs> yeah that, that was cool. but yeah he features a lot of people that will like sing on his tracks too and stuff so but this song is like just him yeah so. it, it was very i love how sparse it is instrumentally but also it's got it's like super it's like electronic super electronic but it's very sparse in the way that it's arranged and everything. And there's not like, it's not a very busy sounding song. There's a lot of room in there. I love it. I love that. I think that, and again, I'm just like, Oh, after obviously this is still very, very fresh in my mind. So I haven't had time to like dig in yet, but I'll definitely be checking out some Chrome sparks as soon as, uh, as soon as we're done here. Cause, uh, along with brother tiger, cause I'm like, yeah, these really like, I, I know, you know, it was, they were both very immediate. Those two songs for me, like, I only heard him once. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm like I'm in. And I can't say that for a lot of songs yeah. that I listen to uh, <laughs> frequently. Like some songs like, oh, you know, you hear some songs and you don't get them right away. It takes you a little while for you to like get into them. And then sometimes you don't get into them at all. You know what I mean? So, and then there are those special songs that you just like one time and you're like, okay, I get it. I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the first time I heard it. I think I was listening to like Brother Tiger Radio. Like that's how I will find like new music. Um, I'll listen to the radio station on Spotify or I don't. It's not even called the radio station anymore. I feel like so old saying that, but um, whatever radio playlist or whatever yeah. they have on Spotify. And um, and this was the first song that came on by him. And yeah, like right away from the beginning, like that first like like little noise and everything, I was like, holy shit. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm vibing to this. And I think I listened to it like two or three times in a row after that. And then like I listened to the whole album and I was like, damn, I was like, where the hell has Chrome Sparks in this album been like my whole life? Like I need this. It's so amazing to like listen to. And I feel like I can listen to it like over and over again. And um, yeah, it's kind of like an indie electronic synthy like vibe. I don't really know what would be the technical um genre event away, but yeah. But this is somebody else who like has a lot of listeners on Spotify, but I don't think have a lot of followers on um on like Instagram and other social media right, platforms. Cool. So we have to. I have to reach out to Chrome Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Yeah, he hasn't come out with a new album in a while. I don't think. I think this is like his newest one from like yeah. 2018. Um, but yeah, for sure, it's a real cool vibe. And um, I, I, I honestly think that like synthwave and like synthy type music 
um, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I feel like that's like the future of music, you know, because it's so like electronic and it's like retro, but like, I don't know. You can make it sound so like now and it's so different. Um, but yet again, I don't know. I don't really listen to that much like mainstream music besides like, I don't know, Lady Gaga. So I don't know. And that's one thing that I like about music like this not being so popular is that I don't feel like it gets oversaturated or like, I don't know, like, yeah, overplayed or like, you know, it's controlled so hard by a label or something like that. It's like just purely the artist doing what the artist wants to do and like expressing that. And I think that's like so pure and so like of the soul, you know, like Caliucha's, like, she's getting really popular now, but, like, you can tell, like, her music is from the soul and, you know, written by her, just like, yeah, Chrome Sparks, Brother Tiger, like, Tame Impala, like, it's just, it's just so much more different than the mainstream music, so in a way, I kind of hope that, like, people like this don't blow up, but they blow up enough to, like, I don't know, support themselves from their music, you know, and like have like real recognition from like real music bands in a sense. That's how I felt about Lana Del Rey when she first came out. I was like, I, I know she's going to like skyrocket, but, but uh, I was hoping that she would, she would stay in, in, in a certain lane. But I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people that I feel that about, but you know, we were talking about Lana Del Rey, so <laughs> I, you, I brought oh my God. You, you know what's funny though that this drives me nuts but i it's like if you think about it a lot of these artists like brother tiger like chrome sparks like there was a time where these artists would get the recognition that they deserved and get like the they would get signed to these major labels and so you'd have like some of the weirdest mm-hmm. bands on in the world have like this super big pop hit and you're like, this is the most unconventional, weirdest like song I've ever heard, but it's a big hit. Like in the eighties, like a band like Tears if a band like Tears for Fears came out today, they would be in the same category as like, you know, Chrome Sparks. Like, but the thing is they came out at the right time where there was like this openness to like alternative bands like The Smiths and Tears for Fears and The Cure and um these artists that were like unorthodox. And for some reason, like people actually gravitated and actually in labels, I should say record labels when they were like full of money, like they actually wanted to sign these bands that were a little, you know, a little off, a little weird, a little different alternative. Right. But like now Mm -hmm. it's like, there's not really a lot of like people that are like checking these alternative bands that have a soul um, out anymore or giving them a solid chance to like get out there. There's just... There's there too, too much. much. There's, There's just so, yeah. so much. And that's like, that goes back to when we were talking about like, even just the pink pony song, like, why isn't this song? Like, why doesn't like everybody know this song? Because she's just one of like millions that it's just, it's too much now. It's like, it's too much. Even if you watch movies about like stars that came out in like the eighties, seventies, even the nineties, like the the climb to get to not even just the top, but just to like a, a certain amount of fame was way shorter and smaller than it is now. Like all mm-hmm. you needed to do is get on a radio, like back in the nineties <laughs> and 
like people would tack on to your song. It's not like that anymore. It's like it has to make a killing on social media for any. Yeah. And even if you do make a killing on social media, that doesn't even that still doesn't mean that much. So it's well, it could it could mean something, though, because um, for independent artists, if they blow up really hard on social media and like, you know, YouTube and Spotify and stuff, they could get paid for just doing, you know, what they do alone by themselves that they don't need a record label for, which I kind of think is a blessing in a way um, compared to back then, because then you're like free to do whatever you want to do in a way. And you can make the music you want to make. And you're not like shoved into, you know, doing what the record label wants you to do, you know? So, yeah, you know, it's like Britney Spears and everything. They like have changed her so much, you know, and like, you know, affected her mental health with how far they would push her to do like these tours, these shows and all these other things, Yeah, you know? So I think it's a blessing that, artists can now be have like a popular online presence without having to like, I don't know, I guess sell out in a way, you know, and make money from it and be successful and things like that. There's, there's pros and cons to both sides. It's I crazy. Suppose. For sure. It's the wild west out there and there's no more gatekeepers. So like, it's really just like, like it's just like a free for all and, the, the the acts that are getting played on mainstream radio are all like are like super corporate to the max like all have the same songwriters the same producers it's like there's no diversity mm-hmm. really on the radio unless you want to count in like someone like cardi b or megan the stallion i don't know but um i'm not gonna get into it <laughs> I'll stop. Yeah, it's all like the stop same right formula. There. But yeah, because I'm I don't want to go get all ranty on that. But yeah, absolutely. Like I'm like, there's not a lot of diversity there, which is like, uh, when I mean that musically, I'm talking, I'm speaking musically uh, here. Like it's all kind of following like the same lines. I'm like, yeah, I'm like whatever, which is fine because I think the people that really, really, really love music the way that we do. They have stuff like we have stuff like uh, we find the music that we want to hear because of streaming services. And maybe I go on Bandcamp a lot of the time to find like underground artists Mm -hmm. just to see who like perks my ears up. And uh, I think that's cool. And um, people who actually love these bands, like support them, like they'll go and buy their records and stuff. They won't just like stream them online. Like a lot of people are like like the record store day junkies that just like really go crazy on these artists. And like, it's like a real cult phenomenon. Oh yeah. And I love that. Cause to me, that's, that's what music's all about. It's about really loving your artist and taking care of them. Cause that you want them to keep making more music that you love. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. I own like three brother tiger, like vinyls because you know, I'm not really super into collecting vinyls like other people are. Um, but like once in a while, I'll be like, oh, this reminds, you know, this sounds like something that I should hear on a vinyl, you know, like because yeah, Brother Tiger has like a lot of the synths in it. So that reminds me of like 80s and 80s reminds me of like vinyl. So I'm like, oh, man, like this would be cool to sound on, you know, listen to it on a vinyl and hear what it sounds like, you know, versus like listening to it like, you know, through my phone or whatever. And, um, yeah, and also it's so great to support the artists that way. Cause yeah, cause then that's how they can make money and keep doing what they do and, you know, like not have to sell out. 
Agreed. Well, well, Daniel, would you like to add anything to uh, before we wrap this up? Would you like to say any last words? Um, no, I think you guys said everything that I agreed with. So all I'm, all I'm going to say is I hope everybody has a great day and thanks for listening. Yeah, I, I thought this was a, a good one. And, and thank you, Ash, again, for j- joining in on the conversation and uh, sharing some of what you've been listening to and, and uh, getting me into at least a couple artists. That I was like, well, wow, this is really good. And I'm definitely going to check these artists out now. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, same thing. I totally learned some other artists I didn't hear, you know, ever hear about and everything. So thanks for that. So until next time, uh, thank you for joining us here on Sonic Norms.